to Oshiokyo, our Sailor Moon podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Isha, and in this episode we'll be talking about episodes 158 to 162 of Sailor Moon Super S. That's right, y'all, we have nine episodes left in this season, and we are delighted. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wish we would have had the, the Amazonas Quartet so much sooner, because this is a much more fun part of the um, season. I mean, there's a lot that they could have put in this season to have made it more fun that they chose not to. Yeah. Um, And I don't, I wish I knew the backstory, because I don't even know where to find that information. I wish I knew the backstory of the production on this season, because it's very clear they got their budget super slashed. Yeah, I can see where they were saving their budget for, though, because we have some really good um, pockets of animation in these next few episodes. Mm-hmm. Very pretty. Especially this one, uh, 158. Shall we get into it? Yep, let's go. Okay. All right, so 158 opens up with Chibiusa cheerfully running to Mamoru's apartment because she's made a little doll of him. And she backs out immediately as soon as she sees that Usagi and Mamoru are making out kind of in the entryway or, like, right at the opening of the apartment. And she's like, hmm. I should leave because they're having a moment and she runs away, not crying, but she's upset, not because they're kissing, but because she's just a kid and she can't have a love like that. Yeah. And later on, she's with Isagi at the cafe and she's just glaring at her being like, you're supposed to be more of an adult than I am. And Isagi's like, but I am. (laughs) I, I, I wasn't really understanding of like what Chibi's emotions were right there, but in a nearby park, Palapala is doing a puppet show where all the good guys and all the bad guys end up dead at the end of the story. Like, the puppets are destroyed. And she's like, what do you think? And the kids in the audience are like, this was a bad puppet show. So she takes out all of their mirrors. Yeah, Palapala is once again proving that she is the most effective member of the team. Because <laughs> yeah. she, she has techniques that gather multiple people at a time to find their mirrors. Yeah, Palapala understands that this is a numbers game. Yeah. She's like, we're not doing this one at a time. We're we're capturing people multiple at a time, just weeding them out. Yeah. Uh, so Sailor Moon and Sailor Chibi Moon appear because they're nearby, and all the mirrors go back into the kids. And so, like, these girls are doing their speech, and Palapala's like, mm, are dreams really that important? And they're like, yeah, of course they're really important. She's just like, well... Isn't what you guys doing, like, stopping us, isn't that a little selfish? And they're like, how is this selfish? And then it triggers a fight between them. And I don't remember how the fight was, like, what triggered the fight. But um, they both argue about how being a kid is better than being an adult or being an adult is being better than being a kid. And Palpel takes advantage of this by casting a spell to switch their ages. Yeah. So Chibiusa... They were talking... Sorry? It it got linked in because... That got brought up that that was their dreams to, um, mm. yeah, to be different ages. Anyways. Right. Uh, so Chibi at first is just like, oh my god, I'm grown up. This is awesome. Uh, and then Sailor Moon's like, uh, hurry up and call Pegasus so I can wipe this girl out. So Chibi Moon does, but Pegasus doesn't appear. And Palapal is like, nice. So she sends out a bunch of little enemies. They're not like full-grown lemures. And at this point, the inner sentry arrive and defeat all of those little enemies, and Palapala leaves. Yeah. Uh, everyone is shocked about the age switch. Um, we see 
big Chibiusa like run into the into like her little attic in the Sakina household to check on the Pegasus girl to see if he's there and he's not. Uh, so both she and Usagi go to Mamori's house and Usagi's like, yeah, so we told my mom that we're sleeping over at Ray's house because we obviously can't go in there looking like this. And Mamori's like, what has yeah. happened? <laughs> and this this is obviously an adaptation of, of uh, one of the stories from the manga where they, they switch ages. Um, well, this this is, this happens in the Super S manga. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, oh. <laughs> that's what I said. This is an adaptation of that that story in there. Uh, it's one of the few things that they directly take from the manga. Is, yeah. is that like what you're getting at? Because most of it is not. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Um, okay. But yeah, uh, yeah, no, I mean, obviously there's a lot of variations, but this is obviously them them taking that story and making their version of it an adaptation. So, um, but yeah. One thing I noticed, though, in the manga, they make it very clear, hey, you know, Chibiusa is now grown up and she's seeing the downside to being grown up. Here, I guess the downside is she can't access Pegasus, but um, I, I, I think it should, should have been a little more deep than that, you know? But like, well, in the manga, it lasts a couple days, and this it only lasts overnight. Yeah, so it causes more problems. And in the anime, Usagi just seems to be having like a good time as a little girl until like it stops. So it's just like, oh well, I guess I'll be grown up again. Um, but in the manga, she does struggle because she her relationship with Mamoru changes because she still wants to be romantic with Mamoru, and he's like, "You are a child." And, um, yeah, yeah. So anyways, <laughs> truly it's, we don't see the downsides for either of them. Like Chibi's like, t- you Except- know, like Chibi says, I can't access Pegasus, yeah. but like in all other regards, her dream has come true. She is a beautiful lady. Uh, so that night she dreams of Pegasus and she kind of runs through this sort of messed up dream world. She comes across some horses and she's like, do you know where he is? And the horses disintegrate and it's not great. But uh, he does eventually appear, and he's like, I lost sight of your dream. And he's shocked to see, obviously, the change in her. And she's like, yeah, this is what happened. Uh, And they do some very romantic nuzzling of faces. And then he's just like, anyway, get on my back. I'm going to show you. It's time for me to tell you more about myself. And he gives her a tour of Elysion. And it's just like a destroyed crater. Like, it's just destroyed craters everywhere. So it's similar to kind of how it was destroyed in the manga. And uh, they're just flying over this. And he says that Elysion is a world that is sustained by people's dreams. And it's been destroyed by the invasion of the dead moon, which is the darkness of the new moon. And that dead moon is coming for the golden crystal, which is on his head, but he's not able to use it. And at last we see the human Helios, he's, his body is physically trapped by Nehelenia in this kind of web. And, like, the cage around him kind of reminds me of, like, the little, um, like, like, the little transformation things that they have in Madoka Magica. The little bulb with the point at the end looking like a pendulum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I feel like shoving that in the face of anyone who's, like, I don't know. Just being, like, someone being, like, it's like a dark sailor me and I me mean, being, like, I don't. You've never watched Sailor Moon. Anyway, sorry. Uh, (laughs) 
but his spirit escaped his body when he was captured uh, because he didn't want, obviously, to give the golden crystal over to the dead moon. And he found Shibiusa uh, through her dream. And because her dream has been corrupted by the dead moon, that it was achieved by dark magic, there's a shadow over it. And if it's not reversed, then he won't be able to find her again. Like, eventually he will lose her. And she's so upset by this that, like, it breaks the it breaks the spell because she just like weepingly runs to him and like passes through like this golden sheet of light and she becomes little again. And um, yeah, then Pegasus transforms into boy Helios and gives her a little kiss. And then Chibiusa wakes up in bed and she's small again. And Usagi is big. And because Usagi is wearing Chibiusa's pajamas, like they are now way too small for her. And so she's just like, what's happened? Like Ray, stop hurting me. Um, which I thought was a cute little thing. It was cute. I'm I'm glad. So, Sailor Moon has some weird moments. I feel like a lot of magical girls of this shows of this era have awkward moments. I'm glad none of this skewed too far into like fetish bait with them changing sizes because I feel like it could mm. have. Yeah, we briefly we briefly see uh, Chibi Usa in like her normal outfit, but it's obviously way too small for her because she's big. But it's it doesn't linger. Like we don't get a lot of looks of like, oh look how short the sleeves are, and it's a crop top, and how short is that skirt? Like it, there's none of that. We're not like zooming in, and yeah, it's it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same thing when they wake up here. It's it's played more for a gag. They they don't like linger on usagi's body as she is like too you know wearing clothes too small (laughs) you know right like usagi's body is contorted from like the pain of small clothes so it's not like ooh, look at her boobs look at like the shape of her legs it's just like oh look how uncomfortable she is there are no seams popping or (laughs) Mm -mm. no nothing is ripping it's just small yeah so anyway, Palapala is continuing her wholesale mirror attacks, uh, and the Senshi meet up to fight her, uh, and she's, of course, disappointed that the spell was reversed. Uh, and then she summons Peropero-chan, which is a round rabbit candy lemures. I was hoping that there would be, like, a reference to the other, like, ball lemures, but I guess because she's ultimately a rabbit, it's not. It's not there. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> But she sends out all of these, like, little bullet candies, uh, and Merc- not Mercury, but Mars, Jupiter, and Venus send out their attacks, but all it does is cause them to multiply, so it has, like, a Hydra effect, until Mercury does Aqua Rhapsody, which freezes them and makes it collapse. So I like to see the inner Senshi do their attacks and it having some actual effect. Right. But anyway, T- Paraparo is annoyed and is coming at them again until Tuxedo Mask hits her with a rose. And this time, Chibi Moon can actually summon Pegasus so he can find her little dream light. And we get Moon Gorgeous Meditation, etc., etc. And as the others celebrate, Chibi Yusa um, thinks about Pegasus and wanting to hold on to him. And I'm just sitting there being like, you should probably tell your friends about the magic horse that visits you in your dreams. But Probably. Whatever. But, but she promised to keep it a secret. <sighs> For some reason. I, I understand her wanting to keep it a secret, but at this point, like, Pegasus has been working with them for, like, 30 episodes. Yeah. You know, like, you literally power it. up Sailor... 
No one questions it. No one's like, how is it that you were able to summon this Pegasus? Like, Pegasus has been powering up Sailor Moon this whole time, and he's never been, like, he's never been like, oh, yeah, I should probably tell you to tell Sailor Moon to help me. Maybe she would know who can activate the fucking golden crystal. Because apparently talking about it doesn't activate, like, the dead moon finding him, so. Yeah, it's very bizarre. I mean... It's the nature of the shows of this time, but it's a little frustrating when you reflect on it. It's like, this this doesn't make sense, though. <laughs> yeah, like, I understand it's a Monster of the Week show, but there are ways to do this that wouldn't be like this. Especially since, like, none of the seasons have had as many episodes as the first season. So, like, you have a more condensed episode length. You could have done this, you could have paced this a lot better. And yeah. they didn't. And again, I wish I knew more about the, the the production background to really understand it. Like, how quick, like, what were their deadlines? How quick did they have to produce this? Like, what were their timelines? Um, because, you know, the anime ran from 92 to 97. So, like, they had to do all of these within five years. And so did the manga, essentially. So, and that's not even talking about the musicals that were ongoing at the same time. So I really wish I knew. Uh, I have a feeling in my heart that I can just blame Toei for all of this. <laughs> so I wish everyone could see my face right now because <laughs> mm, the sting face I have when it comes to Toei. Anyway, episode 159, we get a repeat of the Elysian background uh, and the chaotic darkness of the new moon. Chibiusa asks Pegasus about the golden crystal and he's like, I can't give you any more details about that yet, which is okay. Um, but she does really want to help him. Uh, and then in her dream, like, she and Pegasus, she transforms into her princess dress, which is just, like, the princess serenity dress and not, like, her little pink outfit that she has in the manga, which is unfortunate, and uh, flies on Pegasus' back. And this is where the animation is really good. Mm-hmm. I sat there and I was just like, wow, this is such a shame. Yeah. It's like, this is what they saved the budget for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a very cute like little musical routine and then she eventually gets her own wings and they fly together and she reminisces about their first meeting in her first dream and Pegasus is like I will tell you everything when the time is right um which is coming rapidly so I won't have to talk shit about Pegasus for not saying anything <laughs> real soon next Usagi's at the cafe with everyone else with Asenshi and Mamo and she's like, Chibius has been talking to someone at night. And every time I hear her and I go up and ask who she's talking to, she says she's talking to Momo. And it's not Momo because it's a deep voice. And so the girls are all like, well, it's really obvious that she has a boyfriend. And Mako-chan keeps saying, like, it's obviously a senpai. And Rei, like, just, like, she just opens her mouth and, like, her drink drains into her cup. And she was like, why do you think it's a senpai? And Mako's just like, obviously it would be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad they say senpai in um, in Japanese, which for listeners, if if you don't know, that means like a like an upperclassman, um, mm -hmm. so like a peer, but one with more experience, somebody older than you. Um, in English, she says an older guy. Oh, and it makes it really awkward. I'm just like, what the heck. <laughs> and it is yeah there are some terms that just I'm, she should say upperclassmen but like that's not a term that's really used in at least in American English yeah um it's super awkward it makes it sound like 
she's talking about like an older man, you know, like an like mm-hmm. a, I don't know. They she like doesn't an adult. she doesn't flat out say adult, but it gives that vibe, uh-huh. and then that gets compounded later when they they mistake that one person for the love interest. So uh, I feel like. I feel like that makes it funnier when they like with when they mistake who she who they think she has a crush on. Oh, it really does by saying it's an older guy. Um, it is. Really <laughs> I mean, funny. what she should say is like an older boy. Yeah, but yeah, it doesn't seem like. Um, it is funny though because like Ray, like when she says that Ray like spits out her drink, like ew, what mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, it is funny. It's just a little awkward where I'm like, okay, wait a second. Are the writers, like, putting their fetish in on these characters right now? Because why? (laughs) No, I'm I'm pretty sure it was just to, like, justify Ray's reaction to Mako's. Because it is, like, no one else reacts that way to Mako saying it's a senpai. Yeah. It's just Ray who is like, why are you so obsessed with the concept of a senpai? Which isn't really so much of a thing in the west you know like right i don't know i feel like there's more implications with the term senpai than with like the term older boy yeah and i could not explain to you what the like why that is yeah that does make sense so i think her saying like a um an older man or an older guy kind of has more of a um it makes the reaction more justified versus anything else she could have said in English. Yeah. Anyways. Because <laughs> Ray's a little over the top with this, and it continues for the rest of the episode. Yeah. But I do like that Mamoru's just sitting there like, Chibi Yusa likes a boy? And, like, his whole world is just swallowing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so everybody wants to get to the bottom of who this guy is. Yeah, I do like that Mamoru at, at no point is like, you can't date a boy like you can't like a boy you can't look at boys he's just like oh my god my little girl is growing up and (laughs) he's more devastated than anything yeah you know like which is it says a lot as to like why he tolerates her being like you're my boyfriend it's just kind of like as long as you think this you are safe from other boys (laughs) because i know i'm not going to hurt you (laughs) yeah um, but anyway, to to really dampen the mood, we see Helios all wrapped up in like that web or whatever in the Hellenia space. He was angry that she has his body and she can see the golden crystal on it, but it has no power. Um, and she yells at Zirconia, like, the time to take over is now, like, get your shit together, find that golden mirror, get me this Pegasus, I need this now. So Zirconia, like, goes to yell at the Amazonas Quartet in, you know, the standard way. And all of the girls are asleep on their massage tables, and they look so cute. Mm-hmm. I love it. Oh, man. But anyway, uh, the, so the next scene, it's Ray and Mako trying to talk to Chibiusa to get her to talk about her crush. And Chibiusa, like, fully doesn't get what they're trying to do. And eventually Mako is just like, so tell me about your senpai. And Chibiusa's like, what? And Ray just gets furious. She's just like, why are you so obsessed with this senpai concept? And Mako's like, but that's usually how it goes. Usually you have a crush on a senpai. And Chibiusa's just like, I don't know what's happening between the two of you, but she does wonder out loud if there's anything she can do to help Pegasus because she's really concerned about this. And Ray and Mako are like, oh, completely misunderstanding. They're like, we'll help you out with, like, anything you want to do for him. Like, we can help you write love letters. We can help you make benthos. And Chibi's like, I don't, what does that have to do with anything? So 
later on, it's Ami and Minako, and I like that these are not teams you usually see together. Yeah, it's d- the different matchups, I noticed that too. I really like that. Um, so Ami and Minako like, try to help, and they're like, we're here for anything that you need help with, like if you want any advice. And Chibiusa's like, um, okay, I guess. And I think she she asks them, like, how do you know if someone likes you or something like that? Uh, and they're like, ha, like, we've got her on the line, time to reel her in. And Ami does, you know, they, they're like, okay, so you do have a crush. They confirm that. And Ami asks if they've ever met him. And Shibuya's like, oh yeah, you, ha-. it's just like, oh yeah, he has a white coat. And then she's like, shit. And they're like, okay, like a white coat is not really descriptive. And so they press her for more detail. And she's like, well, he has kind of like a long face, but vertically. And Minako's like, a white coat and a long face like a horse? <laughs> and I just love that Minako is just right on there. <laughs> like, right. Yes, Minako, he is a horse. And Shibisa clams up. She was like, I've said too much. I cannot. I can't do this anymore. So, uh, so the next scene. So I got to tell you something about that scene in English. It's. <laughs> so in English, they go. Um, she basically says the thing, same thing. She says. Um, that he's all white. Uh, she doesn't say a white coat, but she says he's all white and um, has a long face. And mm-hmm. I, like Minako, for some reason, says um, he sounds like uh, she says like a horse butt. And Ami turns to her <laughs> and she goes, I think you mean a, um, she goes, I think what you're trying to say is a jack. A- oh, I can't say it. It's too vulgar. Because, you know, like, Minako... Oh, yeah! Right. Ami does try to say something in... Yeah, that's right. Ami does try to say something in Japanese, but she's like, I can't say it, it's too vulgar. And I'm like, I don't get it. Yeah, so in English, she's about to say a jackass, because, like, Minako is always giving these incorrectly said turn of phrases. Mm, so Yeah, that's right. She says horse butt, and Ami says, you know, a jackass. But she stops herself, mm-hmm. but it's it's... It's funny. It's like, I don't know what that yeah. was in Japanese, but that's a funny way to interpret it in English. Yeah. I might have to rewatch that scene in Japanese because I fully don't remember. I just, re- I do, I do remember Ami being like, I can't say it, it's too vulgar. Me being like, what's too vulgar? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those moments where I'm like, dang, I bet the Japanese adults when their kids were watching this fully got it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Mamoru takes his turn, takes her to a fancy restaurant to try to get information out of her. So, of course, the innocent, she ruined it by trying to spy on them. And he could have gotten the information out of her, guys. Like, you, you should have just left her alone. Yeah. So, Chibiusa leaves, and they continue to harass her, and she's mad at them. She's just like, just leave me alone. Like, I don't want to tell you. And they go, and she goes to this park, and then across the stream, like, she's just like, doing the thing where you look off into the distance thinking about something and you don't realize that there's a person in the way of your long look. Mm-hmm. And so they look to see where she's looking and they see this man <laughs> with a really long face wearing a white coat. And he's very uh, light complexed and Yeah! Like blonde hair! He is so Damn. awkwardly animated. It's so funny. He looks so his eyes are his eyes are practically on the sides of his head instead of like front facing and like he's just feeding the koi fish like i'm sure he's like a totally normal dude we never learn his name and 
<laughs> He's just an average and, uh, looking dude. I'm sorry for laughing. I'm just trying to remember what he looks like. And like I do. And he's it's it's just such a funny look. I can't help myself. Yeah, it's great. Uh, but Is- Isagi Mamoru and all of the inners are looking and they're like, oh my god, that's the man. And Mamoru's like, no. Like, she can't like him. <laughs> but then he gets, at, at that moment, he gets attacked. Uh, so. Horse guy. All of a sudden she. Horse guy All of a sudden she, like. <laughs> yes, horse guy gets attacked. And all of a sudden she, with their speeches, it's just talking about how, like, you can't attack a girl's first love. Like, each of them says something. And Chibi Moon is like, what are you talking about? Like, she's like, I know you're talking about me, clearly, but, like, this does not apply to this man. Um, the Lemura sent out is Paku Paku Yaro, and he's this koi fish dude in the water. So it's like a man who has been surgically fused to the top of a giant koi fish, which when I like properly looked at him, I was like, wow, nightmare fuel. And he almost (laughs) eats Chibi Moon. Like he comes up onto like the deck and like breaks it. So it tilts so that Chibi Moon is sliding towards his mouth. And Tuxedo Mask throws a rose, which pins the lips together. And they call on Pegasus, being gorgeous meditation, guys defeated, mirror restored. And Mamoru, at this point, like, the guy goes back to feeding the koi fish, because that's his life. And Mamoru flat out is like, is this the man you like? Because it's not acceptable. He's way too old for you. And Isagi's just like, we have an age gap. And he's like, this is too much of an age gap. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, that's a a grown man. And she's eight. (laughs) Right. Uh, Chibisa obviously gets mad because she's just like, no, this clearly is not my crush. They're like, okay, who is it? And she's like, I'm not Tale. <laughs> it's a secret. Anyway, anyway, that's episode 158. Poor koi fish man. He doesn't deserve it. That was one. Uh, episode. Wasn't that 159? That was 159. Yeah. That was 159. Was 159. I said 158. Yeah. Uh, okay, so episode 160. Uh, all of the circus workers and the Amazonas Quartet are talking shit about Zirconia and her wrinkles. Zirconia interrupts and gives the Amazonas Quartet a flyer for the coming of age ceremony in Jiban. So there, so I think I've said in previous episodes, but in Japan, you're considered a full adult once you reach the age of 20. And they do have a ceremony, and it's usually within, it's usually in January, I think, but in the show, it's happening in February. Uh, so that's, that's kind of a big deal. It's like you are now officially an adult in society. Um, and then we cut to Minako, who's telling the girl she's got a part-time job. And they're happy for her, like her parents. And this is, the, I think, the first and potentially only time she ever mentions her parents. Because she's like, I got a part-time job and my parents approve, so they're proud of her. And then she's like, why don't you come help? And they're like, Isaac's like, sure. And then the other four are like, no, this is suspicious. Because one, you didn't say what the work is. You didn't say how long the work is. And you didn't tell us about the compensation. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're like, this is a trap. And Minako's like, just come, just come, just come, just come. And they get to the community center. And Minako explains it's for the coming of age ceremony. And they're like, this is volunteer work. We're not even getting paid. And so they, they're about to leave, like, with Minako protesting when, like, a bunch of hot boys show up and thank them for volunteering. So, of course, they're all on board now. And we never see these guys again. Never. <laughs> uh, but Usagi's, Usagi's like, no, nah, I'm not working for free. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of great. So the Amazon is... Yeah, so the Amazonas Quartet show up and they're they're kind of pissed because they realize like this is the day before the ceremony, so they can't actually attack anyone. Um 
But Usagi sees them and she's just like, great, you have backup, you don't need me, and tries to bail, and the girls drag her inside the community center. So the Akira are like, all right, well, let's see what's going on. And the Amazonist Quartet, of course, they're in their casual attire, so nobody knows who they are despite their crazy hairstyles. <laughs> but they... Right, it's just like, they, how, how many people have hair like that? Right, but they um, basically decide they're going to volunteer so that they can already... in be in place have a reason to be there when the um when the ceremony starts and they get a chance to attack so they're establishing right. a presence mm-hmm. um and then what's inside makochan and usagi are up at like the top of scaffolding because they have to drape this curtain and they're both scared to walk out on the beam um and so ultimately junjun comes up and she's like oh i can do it and, like, runs out onto the beam without any fear and is like, okay, give it to me. And they're like, uh, well, the problem is we don't want to go out onto the beam. So Vest Vest joins and pulls it out there. And eventually Sarah Sarah joins. And all the girls are super impressed because they're just like, wow, there's no fear. You're able to balance. You're able to drape it. It looks amazing. And they're like, yeah, it better. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, Minako is down on the stage and the cats appear. And she's surprised to see them. And Artemis is like, we wanted to... Oh, yeah. Artemis says, like, we came here to tease you. And Diana's like, I wanted to see what volunteer work means. And Minaka's like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, hang around. But there are some normal people here. So, like, don't talk. And they look up and they see, the like, three of the Amazonist Quartet up on the beams doing things. And they're like, is is that what you would call a normal person? (laughs) Uh... (laughs) But yeah, when the, the Amazon Quartet gets praised for, for the job that they did, um, they're like, yeah, we better have done a good job because we're from the circus. Otherwise, what would be the point of our abilities? And Luna's like, mm, we know the circus is suspicious. And Artemis is like, they don't seem suspicious. And um, Artemis, I love you, but what? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Pala Pala's in the audience and she's looking at like the, the decorations on the stage and she's like, that's not pretty. And everyone's just like, you didn't even do anything. You don't get to criticize us. But Ami takes out her little computer and she calculates the golden ratio and she directs people like how to fix stuff on stage. And Palapal is really impressed. Um, There is a sign that's supposed to hang and uh, the cable fails a bit. And so it starts to fall. And so Chibiusa and Junjun try to like roll it back up, but they're not strong enough. So, but Mako comes in and, and does it herself. And again, impressed by her strength. Sarah Sarah is impressed by Ray's ability to do flower arrangement and embarrassed by her own in comparison. Uh, and then later on, as like they finished, the Amazonist Quartet are like, so what's a coming of age ceremony? And the girls are like, oh, it's when you turn 20 and you become an adult. And they're like, ew, <laughs> we did all this work so you can celebrate being adults. Adults suck. And the girls are like, it, it doesn't suck. So indi- so all of the Amazonist Quartet ask each of them, like, hey, why do you want to be adults? And I'm skipping um, Usagi and Minako because I don't, I didn't write it down. But Jinjin asks Ami and Mako-chan, like, why do you want to be adults? And they talk about their dreams to be a doctor and a, bo- and, um, a, flower- a florist. <laughs> and Jinjin's like, wait, so you want to be an adult so you can serve other people? And Vespas and Sarah Sarah, like, full-on burst into laughter when Ray says she wants to be a career woman and, like, an international superstar. Because they're just like, I'm sorry, your dream is to work for other people. And I don't know if it's just because I'm a millennial who's going through some stuff, but I was like, 
they're right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little cynical. I'm like, oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> because they say adults are pitiful creatures who can't play. And I'm like, that's not entirely fraud. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, sorry, I'm a millennial living during late-stage capitalism. It's fine. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It. Anyway, the girl, like, the Amazonas Quartet leave, and the century are like, well, they're weird, but we're probably not going to see them tomorrow because they clearly don't agree with this. But the next day, the ceremony happens, and the Amazonas Quartet have shown up, and uh, it's... The ceremony goes on for a little bit, and then they sent out Bidi Bidi Yaro. And he is a catfish lemures, and he eats all the mirrors of the people in the audience. And so when the senshi transform and come back to fight, Bidi Bidi Yaro is like, come on, let's go, and then short circuits because he ate too many mirrors. Uh-huh. And so Palapala is in the audience, like, looking like, looking weak and so Sailor Moon and Shipping Moon are like, alright, we're gonna go for her and at that point they get surrounded by the rest of the Amazonas quartet and Tuxedo Mask arrives, does his little speech, and Palapala's like, I don't understand what you just said. And Sarah Sarah's like, it's okay. He doesn't understand what he just said. <laughs> <laughs> and Tuxedo Mask gets really offended. He's just like, uh excuse me, I can't hide my intelligence. Oh jeez. I, I love that. It's very rare for Tuxedo Mask to, like, really be, like, needled by the enemy. Yeah. Over what he says, or, like, his whole existence. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the Senshi the win, Bidi Bidi Yaro, like, gets his shit together just in time to get taken out. But for some reason, they do not make the connection that the four girls who helped them and the Amazonist Quartet are the same. Um, and then, weirdly, the... The mood changes because it tr- because we end with a scene with Nehalenia being angry about being thwarted. And I was just like, woo, that's a... It's like being tossed into cold water. Because <laughs> it's a really cute episode up until this point. Like, it was really fun to see the Amazonas Quartet and the Senshi girls, like, bond. Just, like, hanging out, doing things. And they all got along really well, you know? And then they had to fight. <laughs> yeah, so. it definitely does make me regret that the Amazonas Quartet don't turn into the Asteroid Century, like, after watching this episode. Yeah. Because clearly they would have all gotten along. Yeah, it's, you know? it's, a, it's almost, it almost seems like they're setting up for that, but, you know, they don't, which is too bad, because it's, they're really cute characters. They are really cute. I do, I know that they get redeemed. So that I don't, I guess they turn into regular humans or whatever. But um, yeah, I really wish they'd turn into the asteroid century to take care of Chidiisa in the future. Yeah, that'd be badass. Right. And they've even we got the robbed. color schemes, it's... you know. Um, yeah, that's why they have the color schemes they have. Uh huh. That's why Sarah Sarah has pink hair because she's supposed to be Chidiisa's body double. Exactly, which is really cool. Anyways, one sixty one. Uh, so Nehalenia opens this episode by exploding on Zirconia and she tries to push through the mirror with her hand and she does start to get through, but sunlight hits her hand and she has to retract and she's so mad because, and she's like, if the world was dark, then I could destroy the white moon. And this is the first time the enemy has really talked about the white moon 
which is ridiculous because they're the dark side of the moon. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, we cut to Ikikomama sending Chibiusa out to run a marathon that Chibiusa does not want to run, but it's for school. And Chibiusa's like, I want it to rain. And Ikikomama's like, well, see that big spider web? You know, if there's dew on a spider web, it means that there's not going to be rain um, on that day. And then as Chibiusa leaves, Ikikomama's like, it's pretty weird to see a big spider web because it's still winter. Mm-hmm. We see Usagi in the inners cheer Chibiusa as she's running through the race because uh, it's taking place on a Sunday. And as she, you know, passes them, they're like, should we go meet her at the end? And I don't remember who, which of them says, like, no, Mamoru is at the end. Like, he can greet her. We'll just go and meet them at the Crown Cafe. And we, as they're, like, going and talking to each other, we see all of these, like, mysterious thin white lines go across until one of them kind of snaps on Ami. And this feels like it's foreshadowing for something bad happening to Ami. Nothing happens to Ami. Yeah, Ami's fine. She's fine. I was like, oh, shoot. Like, is she going to be taken over? Is she going to be, like, wrapped up and trapped? Like, what? Is, and no. Yeah. None of that. Well, at first I was so, wondering if it was going to be, like, a puppet strings kind of thing, but it's not. <laughs> it's it's not. So, Mamoru and Diana are waiting for Chibiusa at the end, and they all head to the cafe. And at this point, like, a spider line crosses across Mamoru, and he almost takes a knee because he's struck by it. Like, he's struck with pain. And Chibiusa and Diana are immediately worried. He's like, no, 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 it's fine. Uh, I just tripped. And uh, we cut to Minako and the others who are playing a game at the arcade. And Usagi notices what she thinks is a white hair on Ami. And she teases her for studying too hard because she's already getting white hairs. But once Ami is able to actually look at the thing, she's like, this isn't a white hair. This is a spider web. And they notice a huge web in the corner of the arcade. And they're like, that's kind of weird because it's out of season for it. But then they're like, well, Motoki is a guy, so maybe he's not good at cleaning the way he thinks he is. <laughs> Unnecessarily being mean to Motoki when he's not there to defend himself, but okay. Uh, but as they leave the arcade, they're like, is it just me or is it darker than it should be, even though it's a clear day? And um, I think it's Ami who says, like, we just think that because we came out of a dark place, the arcade, into a sunny area. At the cafe, they're scolded by Chibiusa for not being there, for being late. Fair. And as they head out, Mamoru almost falls down the stairs because he's in pain again and says, like, no, 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 it's nothing. And at this point, Usagi sees another spider thread and is like, what the hell? And Inuzuki comes up because she saw Mamoru almost fall. And they point out, like, oh, like, we found another spider web. And she's like, another goddamn spider. That's the fifth one today we've had customers tell us about these damn spiders. And everyone's just like, that's super weird. And they all realize that it has gotten much darker and the sun is still up. And again, it's a clear day. There's not a single cloud in the sky. The Amazonas Quartet are told to take advantage of the darkness that Nehalenia is casting to find the golden crystal. We do the little commercial break scene because that's the only way I can do this transition. And Chibiusa wakes to see the whole world covered in cobwebs. Like, all of Tokyo is just covered in cobwebs. Pegasus appears. He says it's the work of the enemy. And it's time, it's almost time for him to leave. He needs to find the person who has the power to unlock the golden crystal. Chibiusa begs him not to leave. He's like, I don't want to put you in any more danger. Too late, my guy. I know, right? Uh, and he, it's just like, dude, she's literally a Sailor Senshi. Like, she's going to be in this regardless. I Everyone is stupid. Uh, if we were doing... Um, a stupid experts rating. It would be like five out of five. Everyone's stupid all of the time. <laughs> um, 
But she grabs onto like the little grail thing or whatever it is that holds him. And she's like, you promise to stay with me as long as I have my dream. And I have my dream still. And so he's very conflicted. Um, Ami does her job. She is analyzing the origin of these threads while wearing some sick threads of her own. <laughs> how, would, how would you describe her dress? Because I don't know what to, to say about like the things on her cuff and collar. Oh, isn't she wearing the little fur-lined outfit in this one? Yeah, so she's wearing the black dress with like the I guess it's I guess it must be fur on her on the cuffs yeah. and the collar with like a red belt, right? Yeah, it looks like it's fur lined. It's cute. It's a cute little she, outfit. Little she suit. looks so good. I was like, there we go. That's fashion. Yeah. I don't remember what anyone else was wearing, but I saw Ami and I was like, Wow, nice. It's got like with its straight lines, it's got a little bit of Chanel feel, you know? It does have a Chanel feel. It's it's very little black dress. Yes. But with the but with the fur it lets you know that it's winter. Yeah, it's adorable. Anyway, so she obviously figures out that all these threads are coming from the circus and everyone's like, the circus? And it's like, Yeah. Do you think that looks like a normal circus ever? And it it bothered me because like immediately in the manga they saw the circus and they're like, this shit's suspicious. And in the whole anime it's not until literally, like, the last six episodes that they're like, maybe it's the circus. Yeah. They're all just smarter characters in the manga. <laughs> they're just smarter people. Anyway, they go in their civilian clothes to the circus. They see the Amazonist Quartet in civilian clothes with on top of piles of mirrorless kids with another pile of kids waiting to have their mirrors extracted. And essentially you're like, oh, are you the bad guys? And they, the Amazonist Quartet turn into their normal outfits and Isagi's like, there's no way these girls could be the enemy. And I'm like, Isagi, you met them once. Yeah, it's like, it's not like it's um, Michiru and because um, Haruka. Yeah, and Haruka because it's like they spent so much time with them, you know, mm-hmm. that the re- reveal, like the shock and the reveal, made a little bit sen- of sense because like they actually like had a friendship, a bond, an established relationship with these two. And, like, these four, like, you met them once, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You met them once. You did two days of work with them. Yeah. I guess they've like, met them a couple of times, but, like, early on. But this is the only time they actually spent time with them. Right. They've never really had prolonged exposure to these girls until the coming-of-age ceremony. So it's just, like, none of this makes sense. Like, why are you so shocked? And Saki's like, I don't want to fight them. But the Amazonist Quartet attacks, and then she's like, okay, you have to be the bad guy. So then they all hench in. Uh, Palapala turns them into puppets. She has, like, a little voodoo doll to puppet them. And things are looking bad for the senshi as Palapala starts to pull the limbs off. And then Tuxedo Mask throws a rose at the doll, knocks it out of her hands. And then as he, like, jumps from whatever height he was at, he almost collapses again because he's still in pain. At this point, the Amazonist Quartet is like, all right, we're squaring up, but they get called back by Zirconia for the big event. And the senshi are like, we have to chase after them, but first we have to get these kids to safety, which, like, thank you for caring about the victims. (laughs) And then a solar eclipse starts to happen. So, like, the inners are taking care of the kids. Usagi and Chibiusa are around Tuxedo Mask because he's collapsed. A solar eclipse starts. They all look up at the sky, and I'm like, again, don't look at a solar eclipse with your bare eyes unless it is fully complete. (laughs) And even then look through glasses if you can because it will destroy your eyes don't look 
at an incomplete solar eclipse. Sorry. Sailor <laughs> Moon <very> says. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so they're about to go into the circus when Pegasus appears and is like, you can't follow them right now. And it's shock and awe, blah, 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 Pegasus. And episode ends. Yeah. Leaves off on a cliffhanger. And it goes right into 162. Yeah, so 162 is one of those rare episodes where they actually show the last couple minutes of the previous episode. So anyone who missed last week's episode is fully caught up at this point. Tuxedo Mask's chest has hurt since the spiderwebs appeared. Pegasus is like, you can't follow them because like, right, like I need to give you details on the bad guys. He's like, I'm from Elysion. Elysion protects dreams. Uh, the dead moon can't be defeated um, as long as discarded dreams exist. So part of me is like, was your job to like protect dreams and also kill nightmares because you weren't doing a good job of killing nightmares because they still exist. I, It's very shaky world building, you know, whereas in the manga, like Pegasus is like, no, I pray for the protection of the earth and they're trying to destroy the earth. It's, I, I don't understand how they're, they're doing the dream thing. Anyway, Helios reveals himself as a priest of Elysion. He's the guardian of the dreams. He's kept the Nightmare Dead Moon sealed away um, from, with the power of the Golden Crystal, which wasn't done by him, but it, but he is the keeper of it. But the seal has weakened, and they can be sealed away again with the power of that Golden Crystal. And at this point, Trivia Moon is like, all right, here's all the deeds. And the others are like, how could you keep this from us? And I'm like, yeah, Chibiusa, how could you keep this from them? I mean, in all fairness, Chibiusa is only known for like an episode or two. She's been kept in the dark majority of the season as well. Yeah, but she should have told him about Pegasus. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, um, so Pegasus reveals that he thought Chibiusa could activate the Golden Crystal because her dream was powerful enough to draw him away from being captured, but she doesn't resonate with it. Um, and then he's like, anyway, time is running out, and he fades away. At this point, Tuxedo Mask fully collapses, and we cut to Memorial in bed, and he's suffering. So it's like in the manga where he has the roses in his chest. And he's like, guys, guys, like Pegasus also talked to me. And they're like, what? And he's like, yeah. So it turns out as the Prince of Earth, I'm connected to the planet. And because the planet is hurting, I'm hurting. And this feels really shoehorned in. Yeah. Uh, they set it up a lot sooner and a lot better in the manga. But um, just kind of left it a lingering mystery and then revealed, oh, this is why he's suffering this infection because he's tied to the Earth. Uh which is still saying something because in the manga, it, there was, it was a little awkward as well, you know, where it's like... It was a little awkward, but it started right away. Yes, the, is, it was set up sooner. As, yeah, like he didn't understand what was going on. And here it's just like, well, now the Earth is suffering. And it's like, but Elysion has been destroyed for ages. How have you not been suffering this whole season? Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. Uh, Chibisa... <laughs> Chibius is upset that her inability to use the golden crystal is what's causing this. And it's like, honey, this is your inability to use the golden crystal isn't causing this. You're not to blame. Uh, it's the dead moon. But, and everyone is like, no, 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 this isn't your fault. Like, we'll figure out who can use the golden crystal. Um, and at this point, everyone leaves Usagi and Mamoru alone, except for the cats. <laughs> And Mamoru is actually really sweet, so he apologizes for being sick and not being able to help her and leaving her alone. And Isagi is just like, I'm going to make you better. And the cats stay behind with Mamoru to look after him while Isagi heads out with the others 
so that she can be Sailor Moon and kick some ass. Mm-hmm. At the circus, they're met by all of the discount circus members, who I guess are Lemures, and they're like, how do we get through all of these people? And Chippy Usa just yells at all of them, and so they separate, like, they part like the Red Sea, and they create a path. And so they walk down this path to be met by the Amazonist Quartet, and everyone henshins, which just, like, why weren't you already transformed? But okay, I guess they needed to fill a couple of minutes in the episode. Uh, the quartet retreats into the circus and all of these basic circus folk attack them. Um, and for the first time in the whole season, <laughs> the senshi are allowed to beat people. Like, Yay. so all of the inners are allowed to have their attacks work. Finally. Uh, it, I'm, it annoys the shit out of me. But anyway, uh, inside the Amazonist quartet watching through Amira are upset that the senshi are so strong and the Hellenia calls out to them. They're like, can you make us stronger so that we can beat the senshi? And Helena is like, yeah, sure. Give me your little Amazon orbs. Um, and so she takes the orbs. They turn black. She passes it back to them. Their eyes go blank before being restored. And uh, then they're sent out to do a fight. Um, as the senshi come into the circus tent, an elevator activates underneath them to bring them. And they're like, oh, that's convenient. To t- Thank you for bringing us straight to the enemy. Um, but then Ami asks Chibiusa about, I mean, I should say Sailor Mercury asks Chibi Moon about Pegasus. And then she says, you know, when I was a little girl, I had a dream with a Pegasus in it. And then everyone else is like, oh, yeah, I also had a dream with a Pegasus. But, you know, as I got older, I forgot about it. And Chibi Moon is like, uh, Pegasus is not a dream. He's a real person and he's my friend. And Ami's like, I'm not saying he's not, but... (laughs) Maybe if we all remember and, like, hold on to Pegasus in our dreams, he won't disappear like we're afraid, like you're afraid he's going to, or, like, he's afraid he's going to. Anyway, the elevator reaches its destination. The Amazonist Quartet attack with their orbs. They throw out stinky flower petals, um, ball bombs, so, like, little balls that explode, and a giant rolling ball that I think Palapala tries to use to run over Sailor Mars, and a natto bomb, so they all eventually get covered in fermented soybeans. It um, seems to, like, solidify. It's not great. <laughs> you, it, mm, nobody likes natto. Like, most Japanese people don't like natto. It's not, <laughs> it is a Japanese dish that most Japanese people do not like. That's funny. So, anyway, uh, the Crystal Carillon appears, and the captured Helios body starts to glow. Chibi Moon does her twinkle yell, which frees all the senshi from their attacks, um, it blinds the Amazonist Quartet with its light, and Sailor Moon does a moon gorgeous meditation at the Amazonist Quartet, but it is blocked and redirected by Zirconia, who then, um, does a golf ball movement. I don't know, what is, what is it called when they hit the ball with the golf club? Yeah. I don't know either. I'm just like, it's a serve? I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's not a serve. But anyway, whatever they call it in golf, she does that. It hits Chibi Moon, and it reveals her golden mirror. And Chibi Moon is like, I'm not letting you have him. And, like, like her body, like, pulls back the mirror. Um, but at this point, Zirconia traps Chibi Moon in an actual mirror. And the episode ends with Mamoru calling out for Chibiusa while in pain. So that's a real cliffhanger there. Yep. And that's where we're leaving this episode for once in, (laughs) for once it's under an hour and a half. (laughs) 
Yeah, these move. These ones because moved kind of quickly, so that was nice. Yeah, it's well, we're doing one episode fewer, so we're doing uh, five episodes for this episode, and then four episodes for next episode because we'll probably have more to talk about. Um, and then six episodes again for the first six episodes of Stars, which is really just cleaning up the super ass arc. Um, yeah. So what? What other opinions did you have watching these episodes? Because uh, you didn't interject a lot this time. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, uh, these ones I found really entertaining. I mean, I, I really, I don't have much to complain about. I like the way the characters were characterized. Um, I didn't see as many, like, blaring examples of characters being completely out of character. These words were just fun. The humor hit. You know, things that were meant to be funny were actually funny. The animation was improving. Um, this was a fun batch. I'm looking forward to seeing um, the next few and how they wrap up the season. I'm trying to remember because it's been so long. And I genuinely cannot remember how... The, like, I want to say both Sailor Moon and Sailor Chibi Moon get wings. Uh-huh. I'm sure... I know she turns... I'm pretty sure she turns into Eternal Sailor Moon. But I do remember that when I, like, the first time I watched Super S and it finished, I was like, but wait a minute. Where were the outer senshi? Like, mm. <laughs> I was just like, wait a minute, you, you've you missed half of the story. Yeah. Um, I'm, I do find it annoying that in these last two episodes they're, like, trying to shove manga plot in here when they've essentially ignored it this whole time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It... When Mamoru collapsed, was just like, well, Pegasus told me. And I'm like, why would Pegasus tell you shit? Yeah. You know, like... <laughs> it's kind of... They don't set it up... Like, in the manga, they make it clear, like, he is Endymion's priestess. But they don't... I mean, priest. But they don't go into all of the... Um, the past life stuff. They don't tap into the past life stuff at all in this. So, it... No. It feels kind of random. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just because we're seeing it back to back with some of the other messy stuff that's been happening that I'm still like, yeah, it's still fun. These have been fun episodes, you know? It's hard. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying specific. This has been a much more enjoyable batch compared to some of the others. Uh-huh. Um, all of the episodes of the Amazonas Quartet have been way more fun than any of the episodes with the Amazon Trio. Mm-hmm. I guess just like the Amazon trio casts such a long shadow that it's kind of ruined some of these episodes. Um, they had a bad premise. Like, they they never fully set up why they do the things they do. Like, for example, the Amazon trio, their whole shtick is that they try to seduce the girl who is their victim and then steal their, their mirror. But they never, ever explain why seduction is part of that equation they just don't <laughs> and so because well, i think that, for me too is that they never explain what the enemy's motivation is they're like we're after pegasus yeah okay but why are you after pegasus what does pegasus have who are you yeah that part doesn't bother me because it's like okay this is a mystery we'll figure out later on like i don't need to know their exact motivation i know what their goal is i don't know why that's their goal but i know it i just don't get the the things it, you never find out why like it'd be one thing if it's well, like we need to target i don't know i don't know how they can make it no work. if, if uh, romance if, tied in somehow 
but it doesn't. Well, no, it bothers me because like all of the previous seasons, it's either we want to take over Earth, we want to destroy Earth, we want to become Earth. Mm -hmm. But this enemy appears out of nowhere. And we don't know if they want anything to do with Earth or they're just chasing this Pegasus dude who happens to have sought refuge on Earth. Yeah. So like, they're not referred to as the dead like they call themselves the dead moon but we don't know if that specifically means our moon you know like we don't have that context like who are you like what do you want like what is this for like with beryl even though we didn't know about queen metallia and all of the relation to the past life they want energy to take over the world yeah with sailor moon art like we don't we know that the Black Moon wants to destroy the Earth's future. We don't know what that future is, but we know they want to destroy it. They're time travelers. With S, even, like, we know that even though it's very strange and not, like, in the manga, we know that destruction is coming and the Outers are trying to prevent that. And people, and, like, the Outer, like, Haruka and Michiro are trying to prevent it. And the Diamonds are trying to make it happen. There's something around destruction. There's power there. Um, and then as, like, this, we get to the second half of, like, in, of bringing Master Pharaoh 90 and, like, the Tau system and whatever. You know, it, it was a little sloppy, but it was still there. And then for this one, it's just kind of like, okay, but why do you, why do you want to fight this? There's no acknowledgement of the White Moon until, like, two episodes ago. Yeah. We don't know that these people have anything to do with um, Sailor Moon and, you know, like, the Silver Millennium. There's no there's no indication of that in any way, shape, or form. We don't know where they've come, if they're from the moon or from Earth, who Pegasus is, like, until just now. And it's like, wow, 38 episodes. And it's not until, like, literally episode 33 that you're like, anyway, here's the, here's the backstory for the villains. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it... And it's not even delivered well. Yeah, it's just, it's just exposition. It's like, you waited all this time, and all you're giving us is exposition dumps, you know? And they're not even good exposition dumps. Like, I'm still confused. I mean, at least with Pegasus exposition dump, they give us some pretty visuals as they're, like, flying around and stuff like that. So. This is true. That's at least that. I don't, yeah, I don't mind as much when Pegasus is explaining, because he does stuff. But, like, there were so many opportunities where, like, Instead of just having Zirconia constantly yell at people, she could have given us exposition. Yeah. Like all of the other bad guys have done. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But, I I mean, during this era, it was really weird how episodes were aired as well as, like, how they were, um, the reruns were aired. So, I remember during this time, cartoons in America, I don't know how it was in Japan, but cartoons in America... They actually didn't air reruns in order. It's almost like they're on shuffle. No. So yeah, you, uh, so many of these episodes I could see being rearranged any which way, um, and then you get to these specialties at the very end of the season, and that's where the actual story plot is. So I don't know um, because those would usually be aired in a block, and I don't know if that's how it was in Japan, but that's definitely how it was on American TV. So all the other episodes are pretty superfluous. They're just kind of shuffled around. They can air in any order. And that the things with an actual plot thread are aired together, you know? Yeah, but it could have... But you know how to resolve that? 
at the very beginning of every time Zirconia has to talk to people, if we want to take our rightful place as rulers of this planet. Right, right. I'm not saying it's the best. And it would have been, <laughs> yeah, but it would have been one sentence to be like, oh, so they want to take over because they think they deserve this. Right. You know? Yeah. And it, we wouldn't need to know, like, okay, but why? Like, what was the backstory? What was, no, all all we need to know is that they want to take over because they they think this planet belongs to them. Yeah. I don't know. I still don't see why that, that, I mean, I don't know why they would have to reveal that. That's kind of, it's almost a given with the cartoons of this era anyways. Yeah, but I want that to be said. Because otherwise, I, I, it just, it feels weak. Like, I don't know why anyone's doing what they're doing. Like, it, it just feels like. That I can agree with. Like a pantomime. That I can agree with. But there's no actual reason anybody's doing what they're doing. Like, there's so many Pegasus, they don't know why. They haven't asked any questions. She's describing Pegasus as her crush and never dawns on anybody to ask about him. It's like, oh, you mean that magical unicorn you summon every time we get into battle? Oh, yeah. Doesn't even cross their mind. Yeah, it's like everyone's been hit with this stupid hammer like five times over. And it's just like no one asks, no one thinks anything is suspicious until it's like even sometimes when it's slapping them in the face. Like Usagi being like, I can't believe these girls are evil. And I'm like, you don't know that. Right. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you? <laughs> right. Well, it's like, no, they helped me drape a curtain. But that's Usagi's personality, though. Isagi meets people and she believes in them. When she has a bond with somebody, it doesn't seem to matter how brief. She has faith in them. I don't know. It just, like, her, it didn't make, it, it felt wrong to me because, like, they're literally sitting on top of a pile of unconscious children. Yeah. And she's like, there's no way it could be you. And it's like, okay, I know sometimes you shouldn't believe the evidence of your eyes because sometimes, like, interpretations of situations can be wrong. But there's not really a lot of other interpretations of this situation. Mm-hmm. They're, they're sitting on a pile of unconscious children and laughing about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see how they uh, lead into the next, uh, into the last next few episodes of this, um, the arc, as we get to the end of it. Yep. We're at the end of it. Like, the next four episodes are the end. Yeah. Of Super S. So tune in next time. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Tumblr at Oshiokiopod or contact us through email at oshiokiothepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks to Barbara Daly for the use of her artwork. Please rate and review us wherever you find us or Tsukini Kawate Oshiokio. Oshiokio.